So it feels like Christmas is well done now. The trees have gone, the decorations are packed away for another year. But as I said, not so much in the life of the church. You see, we still have our crib scene here and uh, our um, Christmas candles. I'm still wearing my Christmas socks, though you can't see them at the moment. But we have done some sort of time vault here. We have leapt from the infant Jesus being visited by the Magi to Jesus being that 30-year-old man. But more importantly, we have gone from one beginning to another beginning. Both our passages are to be found at um, beginnings, one at the beginning of the Old Testament and one, as I say, at the beginning of the New, both setting the scene for what is to come. Uh, There is more uh, that links these passages than just their position in the canon. Uh, Both display something of the Trinity, creator, spirit, and word in Genesis, and father, spirit, beloved son in Mark. Both involve a close interaction between spirit and water. Though this might be pushing a bit, both involve light giving way to darkness in the movement from day into night and the same way that Mark uses this word torn only twice in his gospel account. Here, when the heavens are torn open to reveal God the creator, allowing the spirit to descend, and at Jesus' crucifixion, where the temple curtain is torn in two from top to bottom. But my attention today from our passage was not drawn to this, but to the superstar in Mark's account, the one who all the people of Jerusalem had come to see, Yes, it's an exaggeration. I'm sure not everyone from Jerusalem had gone out into the wilderness, but many, many had to go and see and to listen uh, to this prophet. Uh, More perhaps like a a Greta Thunberg than a Billie Eilish. Um, A prophet who had captured the imagination of the spirit of the people had captured the spirit of the age. No birth narrative here. This was Mark's dramatic opening to his biography of Jesus. The most famous prophet of the day, the man who speaks truth to power, even to kings, but who totally out of his character, claims to be unworthy. It's like having Tom Cruise in the sequence before the opening credits, only to see him no more, and some amazing star who we have never heard of take center stage. 
this unworthiness that John claims is not that that Joe Biden accuses Trump of this weekend, where he says that Trump is unworthy of the office that he holds. No, this was a self-critical declaration of not being worthy. John, this superstar, publicly declaring uh, that this one who is to come is so great, so amazing, that he, whom everyone had come to see, is not worthy even to untie those laces from his sandals. Most importantly, this sense of unworthiness did not stop John from doing that which he had been called to do, called even before birth, perhaps, John knew what his state and position was in the presence of God. He also knew that God had a job for him to do and that God sees all that God has made as being good. Indeed, in Matthew's account where he mentions John the Baptist, Jesus is recording a saying uh, that John is the greatest of all men, yet still unworthy. I have known many people, good people, who have had a huge sense of unworthiness. So much so that it has stopped them from doing that which they long to do, to serve God and her church. When that nagging voice in our own mind tells us, who am I that I can do this? Or don't be daft, you can't do that. Or I'm not holy enough to stand here or to say that, remember, that is just our own voice, not God's. And in that instant, we are wrong. We can try to see ourselves not in our weakness as we view ourselves and perhaps how we might view others but try to see ourselves as God views us, as beloved children called into existence and seen along with all of creation as good. So don't stand back. If you are, feel called that you are called to sing to read, to lead, to pray, to teach, to care, to love, to build up the kingdom of God in whatever way, but have felt unworthy, have felt not holy, have felt not capable, then take a leaf out of John's book and accept 
that God indeed does see us differently as her child who is loved and who causes pleasure. And as we do and as we act and as we build in the name of our God, the church, the collected people of God, will shine brightly as we respond to being loved children of God. The light of God's church will shine in the darkness. And that darkness will not overcome it. So come. Be bold. Take courage. And say yes to that which you feel God has called you into being for.